Welcome back to the Goth Mom Podcast. I am your host, Perry Sterling, and with me this week, I have a very lovely special guest, Joseph Hinton. Joseph, say hi to the audience. Hello, Goth Mom Podcast audience, and hello <laughs> to you too, Perry. How's How it going? You? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing well. So you commuted here. How did that go? It was as good as to be expected. They're still doing work on so getting here was a little bit more of a hassle than it usually would be. Um is not that far from Philly, but with the all the alterations that we had to make on the route here, it was yeah. a little more inconveniencing than usual. But yes, and SEPTA is never on its A game anyway. I feel SEPTA like. is never on its A game. <laughs> it's funny because I was using Google Maps to get here, and it's like has a time for the when the bus is going to come, and it's always like LOL. Like SEPTA yeah. literally runs on its own, uh, it's on on its own schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes it's early, most times it's late, but it's almost never on time. So. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've waited in center city on broad street and like four buses were supposed to come and they never did yes i do not miss that and actually funny that you say that today's trip when i was waiting on 15th and jfk a bus drove by and i was because because um it's on feet there's like four buses that they come to, they come to pick you up and one of the buses that the, the bus in the front was not the bus i was looking for but then there was a bus directly behind that just left without getting without coming oh to the to the front of the bus i was like oh my god was that my bus turns out it wasn't thankfully but this is the kind of yeah. stuff you have to worry about when riding septa absolutely if you ever come to philly uh take septa for the story but if you can avoid it i would recommend doing so 100 percent. and you know what's so crazy about that is apparently it is one of the best public transportation services in america that is frightening that is terrible that is really <laughs> the truly fact that that's horrifying the gold standard, yes oh my god well you heard it here first philly apparently has the best subway system and <laughs> bus system go figure um so thank you for coming we've been trying to do this for a little bit now yes um but we're finally here i'm super excited are you how are you feeling i am excited um i am a lot more calm about it than i was a few months ago i think i was kind of hyping it up in my head this is my first time doing something like this so yeah understandable yes it's it's I feel like everyone's a little nervous at first. Like I said, I was on a podcast the other week, and even I was nervous, and I have my own podcast. But, yeah, we just have fun here, and pretty much every guest I've had on, most of them have been first-time podcast guests, so... We're cool here. Exactly. And plus, this, the subject the subject topic is is not something to be super nervous about. Yes, so it's all let's yeah. get into it. So this subject this week is Beyonce. And she came to Philly, I guess, almost a month ago now? Yes, a little over a month. Uh, her show was July 13th. Yes, and that yeah. was her first North America date? Yes, yes. Cool. So you went to the show. Yes, I did. Do you want to just get into that? How did it feel? Was it your first time seeing her? This was my second time seeing okay. her, but it was so it was my first time seeing her solo. Okay. Um, her and Jay Z had a show five years ago in Philly. So this is my first time seeing her by herself, but second time seeing her in general. Okay, and how did it differ? I mean, besides the obvious. Um. So I think the difference between then and now was that. The, renaissance's hype was so big and so like it's it's still sort of buzzing that it was like 
oh my god, I want to see Beyonce. Well, it's just well, seeing Beyonce is a is is a is an event in and of itself. But after her releasing such a good album, it was just like it was even more hype to see her for sure. And especially after like the pandemic and no one was really touring and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. It feels cool. like this is the first, and I feel like just for music in general, like this year in particular. Um, this is not the first year that I've gone to show since the pandemic and or since the lockdown ended rather. But this is the first year I feel like a bunch of like mega stars have yes. been going on tour so yes. it's been a nice been a nice change of pace for sure you have to like pick and choose who you want to see because it's almost impossible to see everyone who's coming around 100 percent. i miss taylor um yes because you are a swifty yes yes well i got casual swifty casual i do the casual swifty but yeah so but i had to miss her but just because it was like i'm seeing beyonce this year I, and i kind of was already set on that right uh, since since renaissance dropped last year i was right. like I'm going to go see her no matter how much it costs. Yeah. And then I saw the prices and I was like initially like, nope, but I ended up, I ended up just, I ended up just getting them anyway. So, so how was purchasing tickets? Was it like as crazy as the, the Taylor Swift thing was? No. Um, That's good. <laughs> I, got, I got mine, I got mine probably like a month or two after they went on sale. Okay. Yeah. Because when they first went on sale, I believe they, I believe they went on sale in February. But the prices, the initial prices were like just absolute. They were like astronomical to the point where I was actually like mad about it. Right, like, right, yeah, there's course. no way I'm, I'm spending that much. But then, like, I think a couple months later, it kind of like the prices. I for some reason I, I might might have been just who uh, just where I was looking, but the prices were sort of like still high, but man, more manageable okay. now. So were you like stalking the listings? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. So where did you sit? I sat in uh, section 120. So you were on the lower level. Yeah, I was wow. on the lower level on the um, on the right side of the stage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you seen a stadium tour before? This no, this was my third. So I seen actually Taylor was my first was the first um, stadium show that I went to. Okay. I saw her when she uh, her Reputations tour, then uh, Beyonce and Jay Z. They were at the link funny. They were at the link of financial, and then so yeah, this is my third time going okay, to link wow. financial. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've seen like a football stadium tour. Like baseball, obviously, is smaller. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, just it's because it, it's so it's it's like a big it's a big area, obviously, but. The stage is kind of like you're, you know, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Like this, the, the size of the stage, the size of the, um, the, uh, the jumbotron and everything. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's, it's a big visual experience. Yeah, so. I do hear, cause you see people like sitting in the nosebleeds for like thousands of dollars for some of these tickets. And I do, I mean, that's insane anyway. Mm -hmm. No judgment if that's what you did, <laughs> but like I can't, I don't have that kind of disposable income. But it is interesting, like, hearing from a lot of people who do say in the nosebleeds who are like, it's still a great show because they have to know how to produce it so that, like, people all the way in the back are having just as great of an experience as the people up front. Exactly. And I think I think artists go into it understanding that how they know how much we're spending to see the shows. For sure. So it's like, okay, like, we're, we're, I'm going to make sure that you get your money's worth. Yeah, I feel like the norm feels like two and a half to three hours now because of that. Yes, Like, yes. I saw The Cure, which obviously wasn't as big, but was still a shit show trying to get tickets for, and they were at Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. And it was the same thing where it was almost like three hours, and the tickets weren't even expensive, but I just feel like... People are like, we're producing this big show. We're asking people to pay all of this money. Like, we got to give them, you know, the best 
show. Yes, hundred percent. And and uh, side note on that, my girlfriend was telling me this while we were going in. She was like, "There's a difference between shows and concerts." And she was like, "This is a concert." Yes. So that's the thing. I think like when you're going to a concert, and not to say that you don't get your money's worth for shows. I, I'm not trying to downplay any any artist on their level, right, right. but I feel like when you're going to a concert. There's an understanding that, okay, you're here for an experience. Yes, this not is a production. A, yeah, yeah. This is a lot of money being put into it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the... Because I wasn't really into Taylor Swift before I did the podcast on her, but that was one of the things I really respected of her was, like, she seemed to really want to deliver for her fans. And I always felt the same way about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I guess because Beyonce always felt like a more unique artist to me like there just aren't as many people who look like her of her caliber doing what she does out there that it never shocked me that like people were so into her in the Mm -hmm. same way that like it shocked me that people were into t-swift right right you know like she's just like doing her doing something that like I feel like no black woman was really doing, like, stadium shows before her, like, in our generation. No, not at all. I think that's, and and I honestly, I think that's part of what makes Beyonce so special, is that, like, it's just watching watching a black woman who is just objectively great like i think yes. i think the general consensus even if you're somebody who's like ah, i'm not a really big fan of her music i don't think anybody who's going to sit there and say oh she's just an untalented person right exactly so there's- and she is like a triple threat too like absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so the fact that she can sing dance and act and her dancing obviously is a big part of what put her on the yes. map like, I love watching her music videos because she... I could just watch her dance all day, to be honest. Yeah. No, same. It was... It's... I don't know. Like, that. I think that's another thing, too, that makes her so... That makes her so special is that you can see how much work goes into literally every aspect yes. of her... Of what she delivers to the fans. Yes. And that documentary she did, was it when she was prepping for Coachella, I think? Yes. You could really see all of the work that she puts into creating this experience for people and she works her ass off 100% 100% that's what and that was it that was the thing too that, that with the the show like what well, I'm sorry the concert let me let me <laughs> <laughs> with the concert that was that was my biggest takeaway from it was how much went into every aspect of it like of course her performance was like obviously great but the visuals the dancing her dancers, her live band, it yeah. was like everything. And not just because of, it was just like the, because when, when she was performing, she would do her, she would do her songs, obviously, but then they, the band would go into covers of other songs oh, and wow. then somehow, and then, and then like go right back and then transition right back into her song. Wow. So that's it, cool. Yeah. So just like to, to see how much effort she puts into that and just being able to have an ear and be like, oh, this song kind of sounds similar to that other song yeah. that a lot of people are familiar. And it's going, of course, it's going to strike a nerve with everybody because familiarity is so important with, right. with, um, with, music so like the fact that she was able to do all of that and just what we were seeing just being it was just yeah <laughs> well also uh touching on the live band aspect i think it's really it must have been really cool to hear her music played by a live band because she's not using 
like solely instrumentals in a lot of her music mm-hmm. so i imagine you get a different experience with hearing it with a band's play yes yes it's one of those i don't know so i don't I don't know if you've ever gone to a show where you hear a live performance of a song that's so good that you almost don't want to hear the regular version of yeah, the song yes, again like that 100 percent. that happened a couple of times at her show like i alien superstar is probably my favorite beyonce song ever but like the live performance of that song was so so good yeah. that I almost can't listen to the regular version anymore. I I can understand that. I actually had that experience at the Cure too, where uh, a lot of the music was so drum heavy that hearing it live, it was just like this is awesome. I'm like I I know a lot of their music, but I feel like listening to it on a record now, it's just. It's totally a different experience. Yes, yes. Um, and plus, like, her costumes. Her outfits were amazing. And the crazy thing is, I, obviously, I follow her on Instagram. And so being able to see her outfits during the entire tour. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing it live in person was amazing. Yeah. It was, it's funny, too, because when we were there, that was the one thing I noticed. How, ni- how well everyone was dressed. Mm-hmm. Everybody was dressed so nice everybody was just so nice and then beyonce just came on stage and just blew all of our outfits out of the water (laughs) i mean that's what she's here for so um my husband's friend actually she is a costume designer in philly but she works on films but they recruited her and a couple people to be like sewing on beyonce's rhinestones like while she was like already on stage performing they're like backstage doing it so she actually when they were done they got to like sit on the floor like for free oh, to nice. watch her like i was like okay that's a pretty cool work perk <laughs> like is, i would take that that is awesome and yeah un- and un- unrelated but not really side note that was something where we while we were waiting uh for beyonce to get on stage uh we saw a security guard dancing there was like a dj going on stage before and we were just watching him dance and i was like this man is getting paid to yes. just sit here and just watch beyonce that's, that's so cool because <laughs> i'm sure they sit through a lot of shit they hate but like there's probably a lot of things that like even if they didn't like it before they're like oh this is really cool mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that i never really thought about that um so, do you remember what song she opened with? I assume you Dangerously did. in Love. Oh. Oh, yes. solid. Yeah. So, like, pumping up the, the beat right away. No, 100%. That was... And I, I keep thinking about how many... I, I keep thinking about every aspect that made that show so great. She started off with, like, the slow ballads. I would say, like, the first four or five songs. Cause I think she went into 1 plus 1 equals 2. Um, uh, started off with Dangerously in Love. Um... I can't remember the I can't remember the other three songs, but they were slow ballads, mm-hmm. and it was it was nice because it's like you know this is what Beyonce was known for you know or what still is known for but like you know she's kind of getting away from that but started off with that and then she went into Renaissance and did just she just hit the ground running and it just was and it was just like high pace from from at, from then until the end of the show. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, her that new album Renaissance is so. Uh like dance charge yes like you're like there's a lot of bops on that song 100 percent. yes yes it was this funny too because when she went into because so so the first song that she played from the album was i'm that girl mm-hmm. and you could as as you could hear the beat over the speakers you could just feel this buzz amongst the fan like amongst the crowd we was like oh it's about you know what i mean oh, it's yeah, kind of like it's, yeah. it's like okay we got the slow jams out of the way but like we always there to like we were all there because renaissance was such a great op- you know what i'm saying yeah. like obviously 
Beyonce is great, but Renaissance was so, so good. So Yeah, and it's really cool to be in that experience and have, like, all these people around you experiencing, like, the same exact thing. Like And, like, so many, like, walks of life, I'm sure, were there, too. Yeah, yeah. That's what's big about... That's what's cool about those big-type shows, too. Like, there are just so many different types of people there. Like, you go to a punk show, and, like, it's going to be mainly, like, punk people, you know? Mm -hmm. But even, like, again, seeing the cure... That's, like, the biggest show I've seen lately, so I'm going to keep, like, referring back to that. But, like, I looked around at all these people, and I'm like, okay, there are, like, hardcore, like, stoners here, and then there are, like, like men in their 50s who have, like, are just, you know, boomer men, like, and we're all listening to the same fucking music right now and enjoying mm-hmm. it, and it was, like, just such a cool experience. I saw, like, a broy looking guy there, and I'm like, yeah, these kinds of big bands just attract so many different types of people, and it's cool having that, like, unified experience with it. Yes, and that's the thing, that's the beautiful thing about just music in general, is that you realize how you re- it's kind of like you just realize how many people from so many different walks of life how we can all relate and enjoy this this one medium which yes. is always really really nice yes absolutely so how did you start listening to beyonce i mean you're my age i assume destiny's child was yes an entry point oh yeah 100 percent um so i started listening during Des- during destiny's child era um but like you know, just I mean, just being in the being being black and just being in the black community, like Beyonce is inescapable. Like she's yeah. been inescapable for as since for as long as I can remember. Right. So started listening to her during during Destiny's Child, and then obviously when she dropped Dangerously in Love, it was like you know we already knew that she was a star, but that was sort of like a solidified okay, she's here to stay. Yeah. Type of thing, and then just over the years, just blossomed into this megastar now which yeah is- no i feel like early on when jay-z got involved in her music everyone thought like he was really gonna be like the main person guiding her career mm-hmm. especially because he was older than her he was more seasoned at it he was already producing and like in the back end of things as well he wasn't just performing and i feel like it's just really cool that she's been able to like she was never really in his shadow even though people thought she was going to be right right yeah i think it was i think with that it was just her i feel like her music is just more it 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 reaches out more. I and, and I'm I'm a huge Jay Z fan, but I can also be objective and, and say that Jay Z is one of he he's an artist who you either like him or you don't. Yeah. Like his music kind of speaks to a certain type to a certain specific person, but I feel like Beyonce's music reaches out to money way way more. You know, what I mean, it resonates with way more people. I can see that because like I love Jay Z, but I can't relate to him. At right right there's nothing there that we have in common but beyonce like there's definitely things that you can you know also just obviously i'm white but being a woman you know that you can experience and that's i felt like i really resonated with uh lemonade coming out Mm -hmm. and just like that was like obviously a bummer album and yeah. I've never been through what she went through but I'm like yeah like guys suck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I, I think that's another thing too that that made Beyonce so um that that helped Beyonce stardom grow because I think from Dangerously in Love B-Day and 4 it was just like 
Beyonce the star, Beyonce the megastar. But then when you had her self-titled album, and then especially Lemonade, it mm-hmm. was like Beyonce the human. Yes. And it was, it was, it, I don't say it was say weird. It, it's a poor choice of words. It's fascinating to see somebody who doesn't have to, like, really could just. I'm Beyonce. I'm just gonna make music, and y'all are gonna right. consume it. Right. But for her to kind of let her guard down and be more vulnerable to fans, I think that, and I, I think that's another thing that added to her star power as well. Mm-hmm. Like Jay didn't do that until like recently recently with 444 and i think that was the thing too he, him cheating on beyonce probably lost him a lot of yeah, cool points sure. but um but yeah like her her being her choosing to be more vulnerable i think kind of helped that kind of helped with that too kind of helped her stardom grow as well i can see that because especially with uh i am sasha fierce i remember that album feeling very like much more mature than the things she had done before and more personal mm-hmm. um I feel like her albums leading up to it, like, obviously, like, it did feel like she was singing about, like, things she felt she was supposed to sing about as a pop star more. Yes, yes. And I Am Sasha Fierce kind of let her, like, you know, create this alternate persona, which really felt, like, actually more, like, who she was in reality. Yes. Like, the, the, the Beyonce persona was not actually Beyonce Knowles. Right, right, right. So Also, side note, thank you for remembering that album because I forgot. I didn't list oh, that when yeah. I was going to do it. No, so I love that it's album. Just, There's so many, especially listening to it like as an adult, I've really come to appreciate that album a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was so different when it first came out. I... You know, it was fine, but it wasn't really what I was looking for from her. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's definitely grown on me more. No, I had to agree. I actually want to go listen to that album again. I feel like I was I was actually just talking to my girlfriend about this recently, and I feel like her, before her self-titled album, I feel like her albums were just like a grab, like a, like a grab bag of songs. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't really a narrative behind yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. It was just, here's some bangers, and, like, if they hit they hit if not then yeah whatever you know what i mean i agree and there were a lot of similarities i felt like between her debut album and then i think b-day came out after that mm-hmm. and yeah the the sound was a little similar um there were some songs that felt like they could have been on either album yes whereas like yeah again i am sasha fierce that was the first like okay this is like its own thing and mm-hmm. she's definitely trying to speak to her audience a lot more than just making music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then well and then four came out which i it was i think that was after i am sasha Fier- yes i'm trying to remember okay yeah, yeah i so it's funny i was never really like super into that album but when i met my husband i was listening to love on top like on repeat and i was just like mm, maybe this is why i wasn't into this at the time it was like a little like happier and upbeat and like that just like wasn't my jam as much mm-hmm. um so as again as an adult that is another album i've come to appreciate some of the songs more um, I'm trying to think now I'm like losing I guess Beyonce came after that right yes the, the self-titled so yeah it went for yeah four then the self-titled then Lemonade yes. and then and then Renaissance yeah mm-hmm. yeah plus like all her other random stuff in between yeah um, the, I think she has a collab album with Jay-Z and somewhere yes. in there too yeah yes mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I like Beyonce I felt like that was like a darker tone 
her self-titled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I liked. And that, I feel like if she didn't have that before Lemonade, it would have, like, felt like Lemonade came out of nowhere. Yes, yeah. And I think um, that album was actually, I think there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of um, influence that came from that album. Like, not just in terms of the sound, but also in terms of, like, how it was released. Because it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I actually still remember when it dropped. I think it was around Christmas. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was around Christmas. Because it was this... Do you remember what this... year? 2014? Okay. 2013 and 2014. All right. But, um, yeah, because I, I remember it was like... It was... Nothing was going on, and then out of nowhere, I was on Twitter, and and I was people, oh my god, Beyonce just dropped a new album, Beyonce just dropped a new album, Beyonce just dropped a new album, and it was like we we wasn't used to anything like that, just an yeah. artist just dropping a dropping so there music was no out of announcement nowhere, leading up to it. no announcement, no wow. announcement or anything, and then just had a whole album that came out, and it was fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I feel like none of her albums have been flops. Have they? I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. Because, like, I know everyone, like, hates, like... Well, not hates. But I know, like, Ta- like Taylor Swift, like, Reputation is, like, low-key the album, like... Yeah, she had... didn't do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to think if Beyonce really had one of those. Um, I wouldn't necessarily think... I personally don't think she has any flops. Like, I'm not... Well... I know you. I know you said you. I, ha- I had to listen to "I Am Sasha Fierce" again because, like, when I first heard it, I was like, "It was okay." Like the songs that I liked from it, I liked, but mm-hmm. it was like the songs I didn't like was like, "I take it or leave it." Um, so I wouldn't say she. Yeah, I wouldn't say she has any flops. It's just she has either great bodies of work or just like songs with or albums with good singles on them. That yeah, that is the thing. I find that the I in looking back through her discography, I found a lot of the albums that didn't have like big singles were like better as a whole yes um i'm trying to think i feel like beyonce like self like her self-titled might have been one of those Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's and it's funny because she had like so taylor swift has a i am the man song and like i'm like beyonce had that before yeah yeah (laughs) and i bring that up because i remember not really liking that song when it came out Mm -hmm. and like as i got older i definitely appreciated it more and even when i I say as i got older it was like you know when i was like 19 or 20 like i'd have to be this age to like (laughs) appreciate it um but she i don't know like all of her a lot of her music feels very timeless yes yeah that's the thing that's this this is a part of what makes Beyonce so because I don't she doesn't compromise her artistic image at all and I think that's something that everybody respects about her Mm -hmm. is that it's not like this oh well this is the trend so Beyonce should just do the trend like Beyonce just does whatever she wants and it's like we we've been to her will. It's not the other way around. It's right. not like we tell her how to. Nah, she tells like this is what I'm making. Mm-hmm. Either like it or not. Yeah. And for the yeah. most part, we like it because it's like going back to what we we're saying. Like all the effort that goes into the album, into her music. It's like how could you not appreciate this? Right. Yeah. And she kind of like creates the trends. Yes. I feel like she makes the music, and people start to bring that into their own music Mm -hmm. and that's why i feel like taylor swift with pop music too is like she 
she and Beyonce is pop too. They're obviously just like on different spectrums. Just on two, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is why people love them so much. Is like they look to them for what is going to be the next big thing. Yes. Um, both as consumers and like business. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think something that's cool too is because since since they're both mega stars and uh, it's almost like when they pay homage or or they acknowledge like a. Um, a form of music or like an artist or something like that that's like I don't want to say like like beneath them for lack of better terms but for like something that's like a like a cult classic or something like yeah. that when they acknowledge it it's like oh you know what I mean it's kind of yeah. like it solidifies how good it, you know what I mean how for good sure it is. Yeah. and like I feel like so I do not live in the world of country as much so I I can't say with certainty this about Taylor Swift's debut album but I do feel like that has that feels very of the time of when it was released and it's very immature sounding and I know people love it though and I know it was like big in the country world mm-hmm. but for Beyonce I feel like her first solo album is like we said timeless because she is pulling a lot of inspiration from like 60s and like 70s style like r&b and like blues and soul and like you just hear a lot of um like interesting musical elements that keeps it from sounding like it's you know very like juvenile almost Mm -hmm. something that's that's something that a lot of people uh appreciate about beyonce is her um her tribute to like all different forms of black music mm-hmm. and i think i she is definitely a music nerd i and, and i don't <laughs> even have to ha- hear an interview with her for her to know that she is definitely a music nerd and, like yeah. she she pulls from like all different all different years different yeah. genres etc etc so it's just like i think that's what i think it's another thing that makes it so great is that it's her influences are so very are so varied mm-hmm. that it never gets stale and i, I think yeah. that's why it's so timeless because it's it's always gonna be like this is music from 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 years you yes. know what I mean? so yes and it's like you were saying earlier that she's like paying homage to like these big musicians from her past you know that she probably grew up with it's very clear what kind of music she grew up listening to. Yes. And, I mean, she has people on, work on her albums who, like, you know, produce songs or guest star, and they are, like, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool. Like, I'm trying to remember who was on... It's not Luther Vandross. It's someone similar who was on her... I believe Dangerously in Love. Let me see if I can find it. But it was just, you know, a classic, like, Motown, maybe, person. I can't, I can't find it. I felt like there was someone on there. Maybe I'm making that up, but I could have sworn. I think she does have a song with Luther Vandross. That maybe that Vandross. was it. Yeah. Um, but, and I know she had, like, you know, Missy Elliott and Sean Paul. Like, she was all over the place. And then, in, like, her later albums... She had, like, Blake Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, just all over the place. Um, and that's what I liked about Lemonade, too, is, like, you could really hear, like, even, like, country influences mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. funk. Like, and, you know, kudos to her producer, whether it's Jay-Z or whoever's producing her albums, that they're able to bring so many of those types of sounds into it and make it sound new and 
retro at the same time yes yes and for her to be able to do as many different like to pull from those different genres and pull it off so well yeah like the so what something that something that kind of annoys me and i i i forgive me if i sound like an old man shouting at the clouds <laughs> with this statement but um when people are like oh i like this artist it's giving me insert other artists here vibes mm. i don't think anybody ever says that about beyonce's music no beyonce sounds like beyonce and even though she's right and even though she's pulling from different like obviously she's pulling from different inspirations but it's never like oh this song is giving artists you know i mean other artists besides her so it's like that that takes that takes a bill that takes talent right really really dope about her well and that's like what we were saying earlier where it's like this is her moving the industry forward not the industry moving her forward like she does things and that creates the trends that other people are doing um i personally so like i grew up with destiny's child too and you know i don't i don't know if you have the same thing with justin timberlake and i'm not like a big justin timberlake fan but i grew up listening to nsync and Mm -hmm. i know it's still funny to me looking at him and being like I can't believe you came from Insane. Right. <laughs> I don't have that issue with Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Right. Like right. the trajectory of her career does make sense. Yes. Even though she did start in a girl group. Um, and you could tell from the way they were using her then that she was destined to be a star. Yes, yes. It's funny because um I feel like J- Justin Timberlake and, and to, a, to an extent Taylor Swift, they kind of fall in the same thing. I think I think their ascent to stardom is was kind of like not jarring, but it was kind of weird because they went from one genre to like a completely different one, and, and, it, and it ended up working out. Like I, Justin Timberlake is like take it or leave it for me. Like personally, as a human, I'm not a big fan of him, but right. like I do like his music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, his his older music. Um, but like his his solo stuff sounds nothing like no. like original Insane. Nope. Like and Taylor's music now sounds nothing like original no. Taylor. So it's kind of like I think that's the whole. I think that's why it's, I think why their their ascent is kind of jarring in a way because it's yeah. so far from where they started. It's so far, and it feels like they're trying to bury their origins a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Um, like I feel like. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like Beyonce's done things with Destiny's Child. Yeah, since. she they um she brought them out for um for Beachella in twenty. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I knew they had like especially because Kelly Rowland like she became like a thing in her own right for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she she feels it feels like she embraces her origins and where she came from and. I know people will argue that about Taylor Swift. I don't think that's necessarily true that she loves her first album. And I think that's evident in her Eras tour where she really doesn't touch on her. <laughs> like, that's still an era of yours. Yeah, no, you know? 100%. Um, and the only reason I think Beyonce wouldn't touch on that is because, like, she is a solo artist now. Right, But I don't right. think it's because she is embarrassed by what Destiny's Child was. Right, mm-hmm. Um, Which... That leads me back to the 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 concert. I said the show again. Uh, the concert. I'm gonna have to thank your girlfriend for that. <laughs> um, did she kind of do a similar thing as Taylor, where like she pulled from like lots of different, like all of her albums? Um, yes. In her set list, all of her, she pulled from every solo album. She didn't do anything from Destiny. 
Did she do anything from Destiny Child albums? No, she didn't do any. She didn't. That would be <laughs> that. That would have been insane. That would have been really, really dope. That would have made like a perfect show even oh more God. perfect yeah. somehow. Oh, for sure. But, um, but no, she did. She did songs from every from every single album. That's awesome. Yeah, and the thing, and I think another thing that was so cool too, and going back to what you were saying about her music being timeless, because. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been to concerts and shows before where they're, you know, the, they'll tell you, hey, we're going to, this is for my day one fans, you know, yeah, who's here, yeah. there, and this here. Beyonce didn't do that. I think she couldn't understand, nah, you, y'all are day one fans. Right, right. So it yeah. was like, it wasn't like, she had, like, the, I think the only cohesive, only time it was like cohesive was when she did songs from Renaissance. Cause I think she did like, um, I'm that girl, cozy, and alien superstar all in succession. Okay. Yeah, okay. but for the most part, it was like, she would go. She would go from Renaissance to Lemonade to I Am Sasha Fierce. So she was all over the place. I think she cool. did a couple songs from B Day. Wow, and that's what, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I well, and I feel like because her, like obviously her music is different from album to album. But it's like we were saying before that like it's not as jarring hearing those songs next to each other. Like you're not gonna be like. Oh, here's a Renaissance song, and then she sings a song from Dangerously in Love, and you're like, this doesn't sound right together. (laughs) Like, no, it totally goes together. (laughs) Right. And I know that was, like, a thing people said about, like, the Eras tour with Taylor Swift was, like, that jump felt a little jarring because she didn't go in order, and, like, unlike Beyonce, I think it's very clear what order Taylor Swift albums go in. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it's, it's interesting comparing these two because... They both happen to be touring, like, around each other. They both released new music during the pandemic, and they both have fiercely loyal fans yes. who will defend <laughs> them to the death whether they should be or not. And the difference with this is I saw why people were so fiercely loyal with Beyonce before I did a deep dive versus Taylor, where I was like, I don't really get this. <laughs> so, I'll, like... And I always say with Taylor, like, everyone told me to listen to Reputation first. Mm -hmm. If I tried to do a discography listen and didn't listen to that first, there's no way I would have gone through it. Because I wouldn't have known there's stuff here for me. Mm -hmm. Her first few albums, like, I've grown to appreciate as I've listened to it more. But, like, I would say... I would have probably made it to Red just on principle. And then I would have been like, okay, I'm not into this. Uh, Versus Beyonce where I'm like, there is something I really like on every album. Right, right, right. And, like, I grew up listening to a lot of Motown. Like, my mom is very into specifically what was coming out of Motown. Mm -hmm. I'm very into disco. And, like I said, her first album is very, like... Like I said, 60s, 70s, almost like some of the songs are like very like, I want to make love to you vibes. Mm-hmm. And I grew up around that. So I felt like I really related to that older sound that she was bringing to the table. Yes, yes. Because um, I probably, I'm trying to think if I was like listening to anyone like her around that time. I was definitely listening to like some rappers, but like, obviously that is like a totally different, I feel like. Beyonce is only lumped into that because of her connection to Jay-Z. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. Solange, I feel like her music is only lumped in with Beyonce's because they're sisters, but like her music is so totally different. Does not sound anything like Beyonce's. No. And I know a lot of people who have been like, I like Solange, I don't like Beyonce as much. And it, like, yeah. 
you, you would never hear them uttered in the same breath if they weren't sisters. Right, right, one hundred percent. You know, it's funny too. I I was um I saw Solange at a festival six six or seven years ago i can't really remember but it was phenomenal but my i had a I had a friend who was being a complete asshole who was like referring to her as um quote beyonce's untalented sister and i was like what are you talking wow. like, such a weird yeah. no <laughs> i mean she's definitely talented in her own right it's just like a totally different totally different vibe and totally just different yeah it's just like Solange does her Solange does her thing and, and Beyonce does her but they don't yeah. sound anything no. anything nope. like each other I feel like I'm trying to think who her contemporary that's what's hard to remember is like her contemporaries when she came up were totally different than her contemporaries now like I guess Mariah Carey was like doing a like not a similar thing but had like a pop with like a hip hop kind of like flavor mm-hmm. um but like again the music nerd wasn't as present. Right, right. I think that's just a thing in general. And I I will say, and I, in, in fairness to people who, who talk like that, I will say that like a lot of times hip-hop and R&B are kind of just piled together. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why some people may have, like some people struggle with like, differentiating between certain between certain artists like even though they don't sound anything alike yeah they're lumped under the same r&b category yes and there's not a lot of people who are gonna like actually take the time out to go listen to because there's different variations of r&b obviously like right. you have like contemporary r&b you have neo soul all these different types of things and they all sound different but they all have that same r&b tag to yeah. it so yep. i I mean, I feel like it's similar with pop music. Yeah. Like, there yeah. are so many different types of pop music, but they all get lumped into one thing. And it, I mean, there's pop music I do like and pop music I don't. And I feel like for a while, I actually didn't listen to a lot of pop music because of that. Because Beyonce is also pop. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, exactly. I, and I see more similarities to Beyonce and, like, Miley Cyrus than I do to Beyonce and Solange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even like Miley Cyrus, I've gone into more lately. Like Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa. I always want to say Lipa. Dua, is it? I feel like I've mis- I've been mispronouncing it now. <laughs> so I don't know. I heard I heard her music is really really good though. I like it, and I hear a lot of like disco influence in that. Too. Yes, that was what I've yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to her album. I did. I feel like having a baby has made me so I usually don't listen to a lot of female vocalists. Mm-hmm. And my child loves female vocalists. Okay. Like she is a baby Swifty and that is why we started listening to so much Taylor Swift in this house to be honest. <laughs> um but I feel like she for because of the type of music she's been listening to, I've been a lot more into pop music than I ever have. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> normally I'm listening to, like, super drony, like, male vocals, like, Nine Inch Nails, and, and, st- and I still love that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely different having having a beat, because obviously a kid is going to be more attracted to those, like, higher energy. Yes, yeah bands and musicians and lord knows we're not listening to fucking baby music in the <laughs> right, past. So right. we're like we'll meet you in the middle we will find music we like that also is in baby music that makes sense that makes sense side note what yeah what are your opinions on molly cyrus and her and her music um i'm like hit or miss so i don't really like a lot of her older music mm-hmm. i've 
been getting more into her newer stuff. Uh, there's this out. Al- I'm trying to think what album. It's like I can picture it. It's got like pink. It's like hot pink with black. I know what Abby's talking okay. about too. She has a short Plastic haircut. Cards. On her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. album I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say in general. I would not have heard the song Flowers. So the reason I heard the song Flowers is because my friend saw on Instagram someone like quoted some ridiculous line and she's like, who the fuck says this? And my other friend chimes in and she's like, oh, I think that's from, oh, that's actually from this Miley song, like Perry, I actually think you'd like it. And she played it for me, and my kid heard it and was obsessed with it. And Mm -hmm. it was the only thing that would stop her from crying. Otherwise, I don't think I ever would have heard that song. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on Miley? Um, My thoughts on Miley, and I think she's she's very talented. I think she's a great singer. But I don't think she's ever, besides Plastic Hearts, I don't think she's ever had a great body of work. Okay. It's... So to me, I have so I have a theory with, with artists when they're trying something new. I call it a cocoon album. Okay. So it's like you're trying something different. It could be a, usually it's not that good, but you can kind of like see what the artist was trying to accomplish. Like yeah. they're trying to do something different. I think with Molly, all of her albums are her trying to do something different, yeah. and like that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like I feel like. She doesn't give herself enough time to master one style before yeah. she just jumps to something else. But she'll yeah. have a couple of songs on every album that's good enough to make me be like, okay, like I'll keep giving you a shot because you're obviously a talented artist. Mm-hmm. But like, she hasn't dropped anything that's just like unlistenable from start to finish. She'll usually have right. one or two songs that are like, like really, this is a jam. really good. Yeah. But then the, like the rest of that album is kind of like. And, but I, I see what you were trying to go for it. But like, if you stay with it a little bit longer, I think you could do something great with it. But then she'll just s- drop that and then just go to something else. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if that is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a I'm like totally blanking on the word. But if that is because her whole career as a child was like really told what she was going to be doing and she's almost having like this like like puberty in a way yeah like, like i'm gonna do what i want yeah <laughs> like, like a rebellion. rebellion yeah so i wonder if that has something to do with it but i i do feel like it is hard to you know create a really great album if like you are trying something new every time <laughs> And, like, obviously, Beyonce's dad was, like, very much behind her career. Mm-hmm. I just think it was less obvious or heavy-handed than it was for Miley. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, Miley had, like, the TV bullshit, too. Yeah. And I think that's something else that might have hurt. Because that was the thing, with, with like, with, when Beyonce came up, like, her dad was her dad was influential, obviously. But, like behind the scenes like we didn't really know about yeah. that until like years later but right. like with with molly billy ray was already on before she you know, he was a, like a, a star before she was right one. and then right the show is kind of hard to, especially with disney channel whereas like you kind of get pigeonholed to being a disney channel yes. star you know what yeah. i mean like i I can imagine that can be a little tough to like break out from. Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce's situation felt like a way less nefarious Michael Jackson situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, which as we all know, that was 
truly horrible. Well, I I had heard, so like speaking of Taylor Swift and Beyonce, obviously we'd be remiss not to mention the 2009 VMAs. Yes, where, yes. Uh, <laughs> Kanye was Kanye. Yes. And, and really like looking back, it's like we're shocked. We're shocked what's happening. Um, but so for those of you who don't know or who forgot, uh, Beyonce, or Taylor Swift won for Best Female a video, video, yes. And Kanye got up and was like, I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Cut to Beyonce, who is clearly uncomfortable with the entire situation. <laughs> also, Kanye, do not know how the VMAs work. Like, it is like there is a good chance she's still going to win an award, and she did. And Beyonce, being the lovely woman that she is, and also being older than Taylor, who I believe was like 19 or 20 at the time, mm-hmm. she went on stage when she won the best music video the big kahuna award like come on kanye (laughs) she went up and gave taylor swift her speech to give and uh apparently her dad had actually recommended that she did do that because and i didn't know that until later but beyonce like was crying to her dad like i don't know what to do i feel horrible like this shouldn't have happened and he Mm -hmm. was like why don't you let her speak during your speech instead so like the the fact that her dad even suggested that shows that he is a better person than yes. the jackson father 100 percent. um but yeah i mean that that alone shows you like what kind of person beyonce is too yeah i mean that i think that was the i think she did in a i think she was put in a worst case scenario and she handled it in the best in the best way that she possibly could yes like yeah. there's no sort of and it's it's funny too because i hadn't thought about that but to look back now 14 years later so much so much stemmed from that one incident yeah <laughs> like oh i know so, so much many different and like for everybody for yep. all, everybody involved yep. like it, it's just kind of like it, and it's and pe- even people who weren't at the time like kim kardashian yeah. ended up getting dragged into all of it and and um apparently that was the beginning of jay-z and kanye's beef they're okay. they're a little light. It, it's sort of like they they like each other, but they don't like each other. That was the beginning okay. of that descent. Yes, I believe it was on. I think it was David Letterman's show on Netflix. But there was one thing where they were interviewing Jay Z, and they asked about Kanye. And this was before even like the last you know year or two where he's really been saying some fucked up shit yeah um which you know that's saying a lot if it's like oh he's really saying some (laughs) fucked up shit now like no he was doing it before but i think jay-z described him as like oh he's like a brother to me like you know sometimes you don't talk to your brother and sometimes you don't like your brother but like that is what he and i thought that was very interesting that i mean fuck kanye but I did find it interesting that Jay-Z was still like, look, this dude sucks, but like he's still an important person to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about someone's character because it's really easy, especially as a celebrity, to just like drop someone who is not good for your, your image or your reputation. Right. And like I do respect Jay-Z for being like, I 
basically fucking hate him, but like he's still like going to always be an important person to me. Yes, one hundred percent. And for the record, I co-sign the fuck Kanye. I would also like to add <laughs> fuck Kanye, um, which hurts my my inner child is hurting inside <laughs> right now. But yeah, I think that's I think that's something I think there's something to be said about that too. That like. Because we as the fan, like, we as, like, like us as music listeners, it's, mm-hmm. like, we don't have, like, I don't, I've never met Kanye a day in my life. So, like, I don't have no, it's it's, it's nothing for me to just be, like, nah, I'm going to hold your foot to the flame. Yeah. But I think to know somebody personally and being, like, trying to love them and trying to guide them, it takes a lot of, you know, it yeah. takes a lot of strength. And God knows I know Kanye is, is pushing that to the nth degree. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Oh my god, it's crazy. And it like it it sucks cuz like I've never been a huge fan of Kanye, but like there were always songs I liked and I'm like I absolutely like especially as like a Jewish person, I'm like I cannot listen to him anymore. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, it's just it's same and if, it's funny too because I was I was talking about this to my friend last year. I was like kind of like having self-pity because I was like I feel weird about listening to listening to his music but I'm like nah there's people who like who lives are actually being jeopardized right now because of his comments so that feels For like sure. a very I mean I can appreciate that but like I also appreciate that like I do believe you can separate the art from the artist and I'm always someone that like, I don't judge people for listening to music they like just because the person who made it is a piece of shit, especially now. Like, yeah, I might, like, you know, judge you if you start listening to new Kanye music. Cause, yeah. like, that's, like, <laughs> definitely benefiting him. Um, and not judge you, just judge a general. Oh, yeah, no, no, judge a general yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like you never know the music and the person that's going to make you uncomfortable until you do listen to it. So, like, a good example for me... So, Kanye was, like, kind of easy to drop for me. Someone who was harder was Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And he's a shithead, and I was just like, well, I still really like his music, so, like, I don't think I'm going to actively listen to it, but I can't see, like, not listening to him. And then a song came on of his and I was like ooh I don't like this like it made me feel really gross and like I wasn't ex- and I obviously honored that it was like okay I'm not listening to him anymore yeah. but it's like never same opposite of Louis C.K. where I really thought watching him like I was like this guy sucks and I thought you know there were definitely things that I saw him in like when he was in Parks and Rec where he's like that like self-deprecating thing like oh i'm so like poor humble me is like not cute Mm -hmm. anymore obviously but then there was a show that my husband introduced me to horace and pete where he was like a totally different character from like this self-deprecating like woe is me i'm just like the dork kind of guy and i was like oh i actually weirdly can watch him in this and it doesn't like it doesn't make you feel me. weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is weird that, like, you don't really know how you're going to handle artists. Like, I can still listen to Michael Jackson, which surprises me. Yeah, yeah. I can still listen to Michael Jackson, too. Um, one artist who kind of gives me the same energy that you got from Marilyn Manson is um, R. Kelly. And mm. I have not listened to R. Kelly in years on my own on my own um, permission. But one time I went to, I was like when I was still drinking, I went to a bar with my girlfriend and... Like this one guy was at a jukebox and was playing like literally for forty five minutes was playing R. Kelly. Oh God! And the entire time, I, and I remember I'm like I just felt 
weird yeah. listening to him. I'm like, this isn't, like, I can't, like, I'm somebody who, if I can, to a certain extent, I can separate the art from the artist, but as long as what the artist is doing wasn't harming other people. When right. it gets to where, like, the the artist, the art is giving the artist enough power and platform to hurt other people, that's yeah. when it becomes hard to separate the yeah, art from the I artist. Yeah, I agree. And I think for people who who can't, I, I, I feel like people who don't, and it's not to judge anybody, but, like, for people who I've talked to who don't separate the art from the artist, a lot of times when you talk to them, like, with, the, like with Louis C.K., I remember one time I met this, I was talking to this girl, and she was like, well, like, what did you expect? Like, I don't know for him to not assault women. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It's one of the things where, like, people didn't hold his foot to the flame because it was like, yeah, I could I could see Louis C.K. doing something like that. So it's like that didn't really that didn't really upset them because, yeah, I you could just see it happening. Yeah. So it wasn't a thing for them. Right, right. And I think uh, that one in particular probably affected women more than men in terms of how they viewed him Mm -hmm. uh so that's always that's always you know factors into it um i mean my husband's a comedian too and i feel like that factors into a lot of things where like he almost looks at stuff of like well not the louis ck thing because that's obviously (laughs) we're we're getting a little beyond just like things you're saying but you know like questioning like certain things that people you know comedians say like during their act and it's like I think he probably looks at it through a lens of like well what if I said something that was questionable and people just started canceling me because they didn't like something I said and I think it like hits a lot closer to home Mm -hmm. um like he was like defending Chappelle and I'm like I can't like I don't like this person at this point like and I think that's my thing with comedians too is like if you're saying shit like it better be super funny like yes you know and i just like didn't find what he was saying like funny enough to justify it that's at it. all i think like, that's i think that's the thing too like i think what can me i obviously i think that comedians should have a platform to be able to talk about these controversial things it's not like oh hands off you know what i mean like right. i don't you know like and um for listeners i am transgender i don't mind people talk i don't mind people making jokes about transgender community about the lbgtq community or transgender people specifically but like when you when your stuff starts going into uh, he literally said i'm i'm turf i'm team turf yeah that's not a joke right that's like okay like that's that's the type of like people who think like that could harm us and i'm not saying that like oh i listened to this dave Chappelle. i listened to a dave Chappelle stand up and it it inspired me to hurt people i'm not saying it's like that but like people who are team turf would hurt somebody it makes it yeah it justifies it more and even like so obviously my husband is a you know white cisgender male like he is obviously like affected less by things that people say right Uh, like he's less of a target Mm -hmm. um and like even with Chappelle he was like okay this is like too much like he had his like (laughs) limit of like and then when he did the second thing the second stand-up it's like dude just let it go why are you still going and doing like the well my trans friend it's like oh this is the new like well I have a black friend so this is okay like yes it's like okay one person might say this is okay but like that doesn't mean you're not offending other people in the community right maybe just like go for the whole community (laughs) like to not you know and another thing about Dave Chappelle specifically Dave Chappelle because that whole thing kind of upset me but the 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 icing on the cake with that was when they were like hey we should you should have a conversation 
about this. And he was kind of like, yeah, I'll do it, but on my terms. Yeah. I don't like that. It's like, if you're, like, because when he's on stage, that's, that's, you have your time, and, and he gets to do and say whatever he wants to say, and we don't have, we don't, right. we don't get to be able to say, like, no, 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 you don't get to make those jokes. Yes. On our, you know, unless it's on our terms. Yeah. So it's like, we get to, we have to be uncomfortable for 90 minutes. You can't be uncomfortable. Like you yeah. can't make yourself uncomfortable for a few minutes right. and, and put yourself in a position where it's like, all right, I'm going to be somewhere where I'm not protected. Or, and I'm not saying physically, but like I'm not protected and there's not going to be a bunch of people that are co-signing my bullshit. Right. Not to mention, like, clearly, like, he's still doing fine. He's still selling shit out. Oh, and, 100%. Like, like you, he, it would not affect him at all to just have eating a piece of humble pie and be like maybe even if you didn't want to have a conversation just be like yeah maybe i should have said that maybe i went too far and like but not even that it was just like the doubling down of like you know and that's the thing you know that people like to say like you know don't punch down and that's what he like kept doing that's what's been happening like with him and a few and a few comedians like um who was it Chris Rock I felt like on his special before he went to Will before he went to the thing about Will Smith I felt like he was punching down for like 80 minutes it's like it's weird it's like God y'all y'all are making tens of millions of dollars yeah you're not the victim anymore right like, right I think all we watched was the Will Smith thing of that um you didn't miss anything <laughs> just, for the, for just for the record but you did not you didn't miss anything at thank all thank you yeah <laughs> well and uh I feel like it's it gets really dicey too when people of marginalized communities start talking shit about other marginalized communities and it becomes this whole like well i've been shit on so it's okay for me to shit on people yes yes and it's like yeah well dude first of all like you're not like you just said, you're making millions of dollars now. You're mm-hmm. not on that level anymore. Right. You have financial protection. Yes, like, you know, being a black man, sure, you'll always be a target from somewhere. Yes. But it's very different than being a black man who, you know, lives in an impoverished area who is constantly target you know those are two different experiences right and that and those two experiences are completely different from being a black transgender person in the community and i think and i think that's the thing too like there's this sort of like there's this disconnect yeah where you know people make it seem as though like their struggle is their struggle alone and it's not to say like listen two things can be true at once this is not to downplay what Dave Chappelle or what other rich black male celebrities are going through. Because even with the money, I you know, I think, you know, I, not like I think, I know, racism is on every level, financially, whatever. But so it's like it's not to say that what they're going through isn't any less valid. Right. But this what you're going through doesn't give you the right nor should it give you the inspiration to like put that on other mar like you said on other marginalized uh, uh, marginalized communities right because then it gets to where i mean it's a it's a lot there's a big con- it's a it's a much longer conversation yeah. to be had about that but the whole thing of like oh you're black before you because i think he said that in this i think he said that in his stand-up i haven't i haven't watched it in like over a year but i think he said that in his stand-up where it's like oh you're black before you're gay and it's like i don't I don't know about all that because yeah. you hear a lot of. I mean, there was. I can't remember the. the I mean, can't remember the guy's name, but he just was murdered two weeks ago for voguing at a. Oh at a yeah, gas yeah, station. the Philly guy. Y- yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like he was shot. Was he black before he was gay? Right. Because if he was, I don't know if that would have happened. Right. Um, right. Because there's privilege in 
being white presenting and being straight presenting like there there are situations that you can blend in yeah you know and Mm -hmm. like a black person sticking out in certain situations might not be as obvious as like a gay person yes i've said i've said this a lot of times before i feel like if you take the black community as a as a standalone, like just outside of just just being a part of America, you look at the black community. I feel like cis black men are essentially the white man, like the cisgender white man of the black community. Mm. So it's like a lot of things like black men that 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 a lot of things that black men do. It's like, well, how, can you blame me? I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and then yeah. like their their whole thing is trying to keep other people is trying to keep black women black gays black transgenders down and it's almost like i don't know i think there are there are a lot of black men that i know that are anti-oppression they mm-hmm. they would rather be the oppressor they're just mad because they're not the oppressor it seems like they're upset that they're not the oppressor mm-hmm. because when they have the chance to be a lot of times they will be right and and, and when i say they i'm just like a blanket statement i'm not saying that right. uh, for yeah, sure yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like every single one of them. Exactly. Um, right. <laughs> no, I feel I feel it's similar with. Um, so like, obviously I'm white, but I'm also I'm Jewish, and I feel like I'm like white when like being Jewish. It's like you're white when it's convenient, and then you're not when it's not. You right. know what yes, I mean? Yes. Like white supremacists still hate Jews, but I also like acknowledge that like I don't need to look like i don't necessarily look jewish like i don't need to like fear for my life in the way that like other like more stereotypical jewish people might or like people who go to synagogue same with like being bi like i'm bi but like i don't consider myself to be part of the lgbtq community because i am in a straight relationship i'm straight presenting i don't need to deal with the hurdles that i would need to if i were a woman right right Mm -hmm. which like i mean i don't know i know from my experience it's also a lot harder as a bi person to date a woman it's a lot harder to find like society is just set up for like this classic straight couple and that's the easier thing to find now i'm happy in my relationship for sure like i would not ask for it any other way but yeah like when i was single and i was looking for women and men it was a lot easier to eat meet men than it was to meet women yeah um so i think that like is something i struggle with of like well technically i identify as this but like my life doesn't really look like this and have the same struggles as like other bi people who are in relationships with you know people who aren't cisgender or straight right Mm -hmm. so i feel like i don't know it's it's complicated and it does suck because like i know there's a lot of like weird animosity too among like the jewish community and the black community in certain circles yes yeah yeah kanye kind of amplified that and like put it out there yes Kanye amplified it, and I, the thing is, it's, it's wild, too, because over the years, and, and this is, I mean, stuff that I grew up hearing that I didn't even, it just kind of, like, went over my head. Like, mm-hmm. I remember three years ago, um, I got on Instagram, and I defended, and I was like, because I, I think they took something that uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan had said. They, oh they kind of attacked that. <laughs> and 
ignorant me was like, oh, see, if this was a white person, not realizing that, like, he was saying, like, extremely problematic stuff. Yeah. But that was, that's the whole thing. Like, it, it's like, it's like a, it's, it's a message that is, it, that thrives off of not looking, like, not looking further into the situation. Right. And if you were to just, you know, if you were just to, not not dig any deeper and not do any research you might actually think that oh yeah no like it's the, the jewish community are are keeping us down when in reality it's like that's not the case it right. never has been and right. probably never will be like right. like and we've obviously experienced our own horrible oppression that's on the books like yeah. and then you have <sighs> well and then there's like the whole subsect of like black israelites which i think if i recall nick cannon was like saying yes, shit during yes. the, the lockdown yes. of like oh well like white Jews are not the true Jews and it's like this is fucked up but regardless white Jews are still getting <laughs> killed for being Jewish can we just like own that shit yes, that like yes. okay maybe we can all so it's just I don't know it sucks like it, it's almost like an argument of like who's in the worst situation sometimes yes it's a it's a crabs in a barrel situation to be sure i think a lot of it and and again this is this is what white supremacy yes this is white supremacy being accomplished in, like, yeah. in real yep. time uh-huh. and like we don't even like a lot of people don't even see it but it's this thing where it's like no like you know what's keeping you down them over there yeah. because they had look look at what they have look at what they had like i i have i have talked to people who genuinely think that who let who, who said this unironically that anti-semitism isn't a thing because they've gone to bar mitzvahs and i'm like do you hear yourself Wait, what? <laughs> like, this is actually, i'm like this is real life shit i'm like do you hear yourself so you mean to tell me you've gone to a bar mitzvah and I guess they were getting money, and like this say like, I've seen we've seen Jewish people with money, but like I've seen black people with yeah. money. I'm not gonna sit there and say, well, you yeah, know, well, Jay Z's a billionaire. Racism must not be a thing, you right? Know what right, I mean? right. So it's like, yeah, like, yeah, you, I I know I know well of Jewish people, but anti-Semitism is still very much real and right. still pertinent, you right. know? No, for sure. Like we had a black president, and we have just come right after him. We've completely downswung into the other side, yes. and like, yeah. So at one point, we did live in a society where a black man could be elected, but we also lived in a society where Trump was elected immediately after that, and where like the KKK could be could could march in twenty eighteen. Like this is these are things that I I don't understand how people can. I don't know. I don't. I don't get how people can look at how we can look at things that are happening and just be like, no, that's not. That's not. But that's still not a thing. Right. That's, oh, that's, I know. That's not a thing anymore. It's yeah. I mean, especially now, like right. where where like this has just been given a pass because so many people who are like on TV can come out and say shit and not get any. Um, like punishment for it you know it's yeah. just like oh sure okay just spew your bullshit and people will listen and and if you come and then it's even worse now because now it's like a one of two things it was one of three things you can either double down and you're going to get your you're going still going to get your support or you can do your apology tour or 
people are going to say, oh, see, if you if you come out and apologize, people are going to be like, oh, see, they're they're trying to keep him silenced because that was the whole thing with, with uh, when Kyrie came, when Kyrie was making his statements and um and, and spewing his bullshit and when Kyrie he came Irving, out, right? Kyrie Irving, yeah, 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 yeah. From the, yeah, yeah basketball, yes, yes. Um, so I, I guess I could explain that for for people who don't know about basketball. So Kyrie Irving is a point guard. Uh, I think he plays in Dallas now. Um, he shared a link to Hebrews to ne- ne- yeah Hebrews to Negroes. I can't remember the exact name of the. Th- it's 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 a terrible movie. It's it's not yeah he- Hebrews to Negroes or something like that. But he shared the link to it, and it does and it features anti-Semitic rhetoric and. They, the NBA called him out for it, and he doubled down. And then, so they suspended him, or the Nets suspended him, not the NBA. The Nets suspended him, and he released an apology. And the consensus amongst his fans were, it was the Jewish community that had that that forced him to do it. They were pulling oh the strings God. behind the behind the uh, behind the scenes. Oh my God. So there's always that too of like when somebody comes out and says, "Yeah, I was in the wrong. What I said was hurt. What I said was hateful. What I said was wrong." There's somebody who's like, "No, no, no." It wasn't wrong. They were just trying. They were just trying yeah. to silence you. Like that's crazy. I know. With like, like being Jewish and like, especially with the whole Hollywood thing of like they control Hollywood. Yes. Uh, I know. It's like it's a real bummer when like a Jew does something wrong. Like Harvey Weinstein, I was just like, fuck. And Woody <laughs> Allen, well, it's just like, oh fuck. Like you know you like this isn't helping people's perception of like and i don't know if it's the same with like black people like if it's ever just like oh really like a black guy said this come on i think it's i yes and no because we in the black community that's the thing too like we had this we had this sort of like unspoken rule not just for black celebrities but just for black people in general it's Mm -hmm. like how dare you just be there like no you have to be on you have to be on 10 every time yeah. you walk out the oh door my God. like I that's can't something imagine. yeah like that was something that my mom and I'm and, and I'm not saying this to come at my mom like we we've talked about this but when I was going when I was going to school that was always something she would say and when you go to school you know they looking at you like here go this black kid again and it wasn't any it wasn't necessary that's just the that's just a that's just a general thought that we have going yeah. into is like when we go like when when you see me you're not just seeing joseph you're seeing the you're seeing the black community mm-hmm. so it's like you got to be on you got to be on you got to be on your a game everywhere yeah. you go and it's like it can be and and it's 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 tiring and it's like a pointless tiring because if you walk so if you meet somebody who's anti-semitic I'm pretty sure you're not going to convince them that their that their right. hate for Jewish people is wrong. Right. Great as you are, cause I, 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 love, I, I love you. I fuck with you, but like, I don't think that you will meet an anti-Semitic person, and they'll be like, you know what? Perry has convinced me to stop being yeah. anti-Semitic. <laughs> like, if I met a if I met a, if I meet a racist person, I don't think I could convince them to be any less racist than they already right. were. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like. It's like we're trying to impress people who we're never going to be able to impress. Which right. Is- or it it kind of establishes their racism more of like, oh, you're not like the other black people I've met. Oh. Like, you you know, you act more white. You talk more white. Like, oh, So God. I feel like it's almost like perpetuating it more. Oh, yeah. When like, I was growing up, I mean to cut you off, but growing no, up, no. that was like... That was I got Oreo whitest acting black kid I ever met. It was yeah. It's it's a yeah. It it sucks. Where'd you grow up? 
I grew up in Delaware, so I was oh, born. Okay. Yeah, so I was born in Philly, but I was raised in Delaware. Okay. Um, which I hope I'm not offending anybody if, you, if there's a listener from Delaware, but it is <laughs> it is the most bland state oh, in, in history. Like it's like the first like the, the the first state, and it is like just no personality to yeah. it whatsoever. I remember Catherine and I were visiting a friend in Wilmington, and nothing was open past midnight and like we wanted food and they ended up walking to the gas station to get food because yep. nothing was open yep, and that, we're like this is a city <laughs> yep that sounds and it's the and that's the biggest yeah. city in delaware and it's not like philly's like super bop and like we're not new york but like there's still <laughs> shit open when the clubs let out exactly exactly like i think that's a, i think that's the thing too like moving moving from delaware to philly was a culture shock in so many different ways. Yeah. But I think in relation to what we were just talking about, it was like realizing that, yeah, I'm black and I don't have to act a certain way to be black. Right. Like when I was growing up in Delaware, that was something. And like, I, I will say some of it was just kids being kids because mm-hmm. I'm, I left when I was 21. So it was like, I think, I think some of it was just like kids being kids, but I think there is like, even talking to people who still live there now, I think there's like this, he had this idea of like, oh, like I have to present myself this certain type of way because of the color of my skin, which mm-hmm. is like my brother in Christ, my brother and sister. You don't have to do this shit yeah. no more. Like we yeah. don't, have, well, we never had to to begin with, but damn sure not now. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I can't just, I just can't imagine the mental toll that takes on you to have to do that all the time. Yeah. Like what if, what if you don't like this? What if this right. is, like, what if this isn't you? Yeah. You know what I mean, like I think that was my biggest thing. Like when I was a kid, I was like, this isn't. This isn't it. Even when I didn't know that there wasn't it, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah, I grew up in Philly. And, like, I moved to Jersey. And it was still, like, pretty diverse there. But, I mean, I grew up around a lot of black people. So, to me, it was, like... It was almost weirder moving to Jersey and being like, there's a lot of Indian people here. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and there were, like, I'm pretty sure way more Jewish people than I knew, like, mm-hmm. growing up. Like, I went to a Jewish daycare in Philly, so, like, I knew a lot of people who were Jewish from there. But, like, after I went to, like, elementary school, like, you know, there were so many different types of people there and didn't even think about it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just... It is it is wild to think about because like yeah being Jewish I'm not like religious so I never really have to think about like stuff like that right you know right. Mm-hmm. it's but I know for my mom she's like I don't even want to put a menorah in the window during Hanukkah anymore because like I just don't trust people and that's so like the, I know yeah like, and that was never a thing before right. it's just gotten so much worse like in the environment we're in now yeah and that's like like that's fucked. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that like I'm I'm actually scared to just to show representation to show my representation for my people because right something could just go left and my like where she rests her head where she lays her yeah. head. Yeah, well that's what, and she lives in like a pretty like it's not like Jewish by any means but like she's certainly not the only one in the name like there is a synagogue in our town you right. know what I mean it's not like the middle of nowhere I just heard of some woman. In California, who was killed because she was flying an LGBTQ flag outside her business. I just saw that today. What the fuck? Right. Like, oh, okay, like, this is worth someone's life. Like, I don't know where it went from, like, fine, if you disagree with my lifestyle, like, what the fuck ever. But, like, my life is worth, like, taking over something yeah. like this. I think, I mean, and obviously, this, I mean, I don't want to say shot in the dark, but I think what it is is that when you have, I think it's like a, 
alright well we'll give you rights but like calm calm down type of thing yeah like it's just like I, I you think got this exactly like why would you want more and it's right. like well why not it's right there and it's not hurting anybody to let us have these things yeah like, it's crazy like, it, it's wild to me that like I've seen it and like you said it's gotten so much worse recently like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like I think it's because when, when like when the um when 2016 what's the 2016 when when um it was finally like gay gay people were, were allowed to legally get married um was it 2016 or was it 2012 i can't remember I it was 20, yeah i think it was 2012 okay 2012 yeah it was when obama was still yes, in office yeah yeah so it was like to go from to, to to see that happen and now it's like 11 years later you're seeing like the story you just talked about it's just like yeah. oh wow like as far as as far as much as we've progressed yeah. We still got a long, long way to go. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. I feel like, like, circling back to music, I feel like in general, you're able to be yourself more, like, whoever that is, at, like, a female musician than yes. a male musician. Like, we were, you know, talking about Beyonce and Jay-Z. Like, I feel like, you know, a gay man is, going to be much more welcome at a Beyonce show than a Jay-Z show in general. Yes, yes. You know, I'm not saying, like, a gay man would be attacked at a Jay-Z show, but, like, there's certainly more, like, I don't know, openness yes. around it. Funny story about this, right? And I was actually, I was I was considering sharing this or not, but you just, it's a perfect segue. So, on our way there, there's some guy who, and I didn't even hear him, but, so, the, so obviously, the train is full of people. So, my girlfriend is sitting here... So you know how the you know how the seats are set up, right? So let's say so it's my girlfriend's like where the table is right here, but it's like directly in front of us, right? So yes. she's sitting down here, and then he was sitting there. So I'm standing like so on he's top to the of, left of her sitting. He, so he, he's to her right. So he's she's to like her yeah, right. yeah. So okay. she's to the right. So like so um so I'm sitting. There, I'm like just so I'm standing. I'm I'm like directly over him. But mind you, there's no space on the fucking train. Like I can't stand anywhere else. My girl's here though, so I'm like I'm not leaving her. Right. So I he asks me like like in a, a couple minutes later he's like do you want to just sit here and I was like yeah thank you and the guy who I ended up sitting next to he was like he's like yeah he was like he's like he's like bro don't let, he bro don't worry about anything he just said you look great da 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 and I'm like I didn't hear what he said apparently he's just calling me all types of f slurs oh and my everything God. this that and the third and I'm like but going back to what you're saying like. It was the it was like the exact opposite. It was like we outnumbered the homeboy. Yeah. We were outnumbering them. So it's like it's not to say that like I don't think he he was he was not even gonna think about putting his hands on me. But like it was just like wild to think that like no like we're in an environment now where it's like not only is it like not likely that that stuff is gonna happen, but it's like there's more of us than there are of yeah. like people who think anything like who thinks like him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. was it was weird because I'm like I didn't. I did not speak two words to this man. I right, swear to God, right. I did not speak. Didn't speak to him. Only reason why I was as close to him as I was was because the train was full of people. Right. There was nowhere else for me to go. Right. And were you wearing like a dress or something? No. So I was wearing. Um, yeah. What was your fit for Beyonce? By I the way? had. <laughs> so I had a see-through. It was like a see-through black mesh shirt. They had like stars on it, and I had black bell-bottom pants from Forever 21. Shout out to Forever 21, by the way. I had to get a last minute. I had to buy pants last minute, and they it came through in a clutch. Nice. So 
yeah, so I had, so I was wearing that. But, but the shirt was matching with what my girlfriend's wearing because she was wearing a, so she was wearing like a black um, dress with stars on it. Mm-hmm. So we had, so we kind of had like similar tops, and then, but I, and, and it was a crop top too. So I was like, I don't know, I was, I was looking queer, but also looking good as fuck. <laughs> so I was like, so yeah, it was so. I, he wasn't like he he wasn't um. He wasn't far fetched to say that how I look, but he was just out of pocket with the right, hate, with the right, hate shit. Yeah, right. But of course, like not going to say anything to you because you're you're a pretty tall person. Yes. Like, I don't feel like many people are going to want to actually mess with you. Yeah, no. He, I don't think he would have even even in a situation like even if, if it was a situation where I was just on my way home from work, I don't think he would have thought to even touch me. Right. Even thought to, he might have, he might, I think he might have said something to me, but right. he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Nah. And if you were dressed like this, he wouldn't have had fucking shit to say. Would not have said anything at all. And that was going back to what you were saying earlier. It's like that pre, like how you present yourself. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, like well, and you, I mean, we follow each other on IG. You right. know how I dress and stuff yes, like that yes. in public. I don't like. I don't care. But that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to hide who I am right. because out of fear for like what could happen. Right. At this point in the juncture, it's like I, if you're gonna do something, do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, I totally get that. But yeah, you are. I guess in a position where if you wanted to, you could. Right. Um, where like, you know, some people aren't like yeah. at all. Or people are in like, you know, the middle of the country where like seeing something like that is even less, you know, obvious. Like yes. they don't see it often and yes. it's it's even, you know. That's I think that's one of the things I think that's one of the reasons why I try to try to be as vocal as I am about stuff like that because I do have the like I, I like I said, like just how I am right now. Or just, like, how I dress in general. Like, I get, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you look like Prince. You like Lenny Kravitz. Da-da-da-da-da. But it's also, like, if you're going to treat, like, some 5'7 white kid in a dress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shit, I really don't want your 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 compliments about me don't mean anything right. at all. Because I want... I want I want them to have the same I want them to walk outside and get the same love I want them to walk outside and get the same love that I do or if nothing else to just be left the fuck alone like I will be left alone you know right, what I mean? right. Like, like you don't have to say anything. <laughs> exactly. Even if you don't, even if you don't rock with how they look or whatever like that, and hey, you know what, that's their ministry. I'm gonna go about my business. It doesn't. I yeah. I will never understand the just like you have to follow the life I live. Like, I just will never understand that with anything with, you know, who you want to fuck or abortion or how you want to dress. Like, I just, or religion. Like, why yeah. is it, like, who cares? <laughs> if they're not preaching it to you, why do you need to preach it to us? Right. Like, I th- honestly, I think part of it is this thing where when you feel like you have to, when you feel like you have to do something, right? It's almost like when somebody goes against the grain of that, it's almost like, you're mad at them for being rebellious. Yeah. And so it's like, how dare you do this thing? Because it's like, you know, and and not to say that they won't, they don't believe, they don't believe in that sort of thing. But like, I think some people want to have that, want to have that freedom, and they do have that freedom, but they don't realize that they have the freedom right. to not do it. So yeah. it's almost like when somebody acknowledges their free will, it makes people mad because they're not exercising theirs. That is true. Well, and I mean, that used to be like the saying that like oh you know like quote unquote homophobe which i hate that word um but you know they're they're they might be closeted 
and you know, there's something to be said about that. And some people are just fucking assholes, and that's all it comes down to. Too. That is another thing too. Some people are just fucking assholes, unfortunately. Um. All right. So we went off on a little bit of a diatribe, but I appreciated <laughs> that. Well, if we can. Well, we can. We can. We, we can bring it back yes. though, because the one thing I will say is, as it pertains to the LBGTQ community. I think the one of the things that rena- that resonates with Renaissance as far as the public is that Beyonce gave a voice to us, mm-hmm. and in such a way, going back to what I'm saying about her 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 dedication to her craft, it wasn't just dance music. It was like oh, like you can tell she did her research, yeah, and it was like a tribute to dance hall. It was a tribute to dancing mm-hmm. music, house music, like. Like, like, just it was like a lot of like it wasn't just wh- it wasn't just throwing something together. It right. was like nah, it's like you can tell like she did her research and everything. That's and awesome. Like, yeah, it was it was a it was it was definitely dope. And just like being able to give, I mean, giving voices to uh, queer artists, um, transgender. Like I think T. S. Madison is on the song on there. Um, you, have, you have, of course, you have Grace Jones. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's there's queer people like all over the yeah. album. So it's not just a, it's not just influence, but there's also people on the album. Which that, is so much. I mean, it's great to pull influence from things like that. But if you're not like if you're paying tribute without having the people who you got it from, like it kind of feels a little gross. Yeah, it feels it feels exploitative. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're almost um. What's the word? Like not not exploiting, but um. Yeah, no, I'm trying. I to can't remember that. It's a synonym for it. I can't remember. I can't. I, I, the law. The word lost me. I, yeah. I but yeah, it would almost feel like it. Almost feels like you're just you know you're you're taking from the you're taking from this part of the culture what you can and yes. then just and then dipping as soon as it's convenient. Right. Too. Yeah. I and I would say Beyonce has been a queer icon for pretty much as long as she's been on the map yes 100 percent. um so and i feel like people don't just become queer icons without there being a reason for yeah. it you know like and it's very like symbiotic relationship too where i feel like you know queer culture brings the person in the person brings queer culture in and it like there's a lot of uh collaboration with that as yes, well yes yeah um i feel like it took taylor a while to get there but i feel like even she like started to embrace like that and she has like become this weird like queer icon too it's funny that you say that my one of my best friends she was telling me yesterday that she has a running theory that taylor swift is uh is is in the closet and has been giving us easter eggs that she's (laughs) i mean yo i support that i um yeah no i I have definitely heard, I haven't looked into it, because, like, whatever, her sexuality is hers, but, like, I've heard that people think she might be gay. Yes. Um, but I, I I do appreciate that she has also given herself a voice lately, too. Obviously, Taylor Swift has done a lot more problematic things than Beyonce has. <laughs> or, if not herself, she's associated herself with a lot more problematic people. Yes. You can even tell Beyonce with Kanye is like, alright, Jay, if you want to deal with that, that's cool. Like, I'm out. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. she is, she's done. Side note on that, um, that's the reason why 
they either they didn't go to the, to the wedding, wedding. Yeah, yeah they because didn't. they was gonna do it because they, they were gonna be on camera and beyonce yeah. was like absolutely not like <laughs> i mean like look on one hand you got like kanye and kim but on the other hand you got michelle and barack like, yes, which, which yeah. couple are you gonna choose choose your fighters because like i'm pretty sure you're gonna stick with the obamas right 100 percent. um okay so wrapping it up what would you say is your favorite beyonce album i won't make you pick a song because that's insane i'm gonna say renaissance just off the strength that it is her most cohesive album it is so addictive i defy anybody to just listen to one song off the album and not not necessarily listen to the whole album but at least listen to three or four songs off of it okay is there like a recommended song you would you would suggest people start with i would say you talking about beyonce song in general or off that album off that album, and I then was, we'll do in general. I would say Alien Superstar because I still think that's a, an amazing song, um, just in her discography in general. But I would think I think Pure a Pure Slash Honey is another great song because I think that embodies the whole all the energy that she was trying to, to she was trying to get through in that album. I think that kind of that kind of encapsulates all the energy. It's like lightning in a bottle sort of situation. Okay, yeah. great. And I assume the concert is 100% worth experiencing. If you have the money to go see Beyonce, go see Beyonce. Yeah. It is. Who was her opener? She didn't have an opener. Okay, uh, in, even better. I'm about to say, and in fairness, I if I was an artist on that level, I would say absolutely not. Because yeah. like, who... When 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 we went to go see, when, and, I, and I know we, I know we're about to wrap up, but when we went to go see um, her and Jay Z perform, that was not Jay Z was the oldest of that. Nobody came to see you. Like, right, right. It's, it's dope. I got to see Jay Z perform, but like, right. Whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like Beyonce's on stage. Yeah, Who cares? So 100%. like, I think that's thing. Like she, she. She's like a she's like the she go she's a vacuum in the best possible way mm-hmm. because like when she's there like that's we're there to see her. Yes, I've only seen her so I saw her at Made in America and that was the only experience, which is like totally a different seeing someone at a, a uh, festival. festival. Yeah, but like yeah, that was my one experience seeing her. So that was nice. that was pretty fun. Nice, um, nice. Yes, that was like the one person. Catherine like really really wanted to see that night too awesome. yeah so Joseph and I know each other through our friend Catherine um hi Catherine by hi the way. Catherine yes she will definitely be listening um before we wrap up is there like anything you want to plug or not um no not necessarily um check out Goth Mom, po- Goth Mom Podcast. <laughs> yeah, check it out. And also, um, yes, my friend Sean, she has a podcast called Watch Your Harry where her and her friends relate real life to Harry Potter. And she's a great person. She's a great friend of mine and a great person. So if you could support her thing, that would be great too. Yeah, shout out to previous guest on the podcast, Sean Fitzpatrick. Um, as long as we're plugging her, her her writing is great too um but yes well thank you for coming on joseph this is really fun thank you so much for having me and again and i also want to publicly apologize because we have we were supposed to do this months ago i kept canceling and rescheduling (laughs) i was i was overhyping it this is my first time doing something like this so i was i was pretty terrified but so i will say thank you for making this as this is this was like a lot easier than I thought it was Yay! gonna be. It was very enjoyable. But I do wanna publicly say I am sorry for taking Oh so my gosh. Long well, now. I wasn't gonna blow up your spot. No one knew that we were waiting on you for a month and a half. You know, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna say it. But. I will take I will take accountability. Like this episode was supposed to be done a while ago. 
it, it's it's done now. That's okay. Yes, it's done yeah, when yeah. it's done, right? Yes, so absolutely. now I don't need to record one this week with my husband. He will be very <laughs> happy about that. So thank you and uh, like, you know, subscribe, do the thing, whatever. Love you. Bye.